Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and this week we have another of our bi-monthly roundtable discussions. There's been a lot going on recently and we talk about most of it here, but unfortunately we recorded this episode on the Friday before the new one-month lockdown was announced, so we couldn't talk about the club's latest COVID guidelines, which can be found on the club's website. And we didn't know at that point that the final round of the Alfa Romeo Championship would be cancelled. So congratulations to Tom Hill for taking yet another title in his new 3.2 litre GT, and let's get on with the podcast. With me around the table today are John Griffiths, David Faithful and Nick Wright. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, we're going to start with some news. There's been quite a lot of news in the last couple of weeks um, in in a number of different areas. I think will be interesting to, to members. Probably the biggest and most significant one, John, is the the Reuters report that came out last week about um, the merger having been given the go-ahead. That's right. It, it appears um, all things are go. Um, there's, there's quite a bit been going on behind the scenes. And um, although it's not 100% signed off yet, it's, it looks like some big strides have been taken for the merger with PSA and FCA going into Stellantis. Um, there's, I mean, it's, there's some gigantic figures at stake. And I did a little bit of research uh, yesterday around it. Um, it. It looks like there's a little bit of payoff going on in different places. And there's been a, clearly some concerns by the regulatory bodies in Europe uh, over it all, because this is a monumental scale creating this gigantic combined manufacturer. Um, so I, I gather that uh, there was a bit of a blocker around PSA groups staking um, a company called Forecia, which I hadn't, to be fair, hadn't heard a lot about. But French-based organisations got 122,000 employees. Apparently, it's a, a gigantic manufacturer of parts, um, specifically uh, really ex, uh, expert on interior components and all of the gubbins around emissions controls. Um, it's got something like 17 and a half billion pound, uh, sorry, billion euro turnover, which is monumental and apparently one in third of cars produced has got bits made by that organization so uh, PSA are selling seven percent of their stake in it um, and really the concern there is that um, it, it could have been too monopolized so uh, Forecia has uh, has a load of sub-organizations so it, it owns companies like uh, Parrot and a number of other electronic concerns um, Moreover, um, it looks like the, the board under Carlos Tavares, the CEO, CEO that's, uh, that's all going to uh, stay as is with 11 members of the board. Uh, Andrea Agnelli still involved from the Fiat side and of course Chairman's John Elkin, who's the ex-top uh, man at FCA as well. So um, there's, I think the approvals going through that they've said they're going to make $6 billion annual cost savings but without any factory closures. So I guess you can keep a factory open with nobody working in it, but that's that's the statement. Is there's <laughs> no factory closures? But there was also concern that um, with F- FCA and um, the uh, other Vauxhall, Peugeot, Citroen manufacturing so many vans that they'd have utter dominance in that market in Europe. So apparently uh, they're going to start. Uh, there is a combined uh, PSA and Toyota operation building vans uh, in France and and that's going to definitely continue there's going to be some deals around um, servicing um, Japanese company vans through FCA and PSA outlets as well so 
you know, this is all the kind of stuff that has to be agreed. So everybody's happy that it's that it's fair, but it's great it's going ahead. And it looks like end of quarter one, 2021, it'll all be 100% official, but it's not fallen over. I, I was a bit confused by the Toyota van thing, because that sounded like as a result of a monopoly in cars and vans, they were extending their monopoly by by tying up Toyota yeah, as well. I yeah, just, that's how I, I read it. see that one. Yeah, so I read it first time, yes. Oh, we'll take Toyota on as well. And there's, there's some manufacturing involved with Toyota as well. But uh, well, there you go. We'll I see, I see you're one of those people who's one of those people who still pretends that Vauxhall's a thing rather than a yeah yeah absolutely. a badge that gets stuck on the front of an Opal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, back in the back in the seventies, uh, my dad uh, was a huge Vauxhallist and started to buy Opals at the end of that decade. In fact, uh, look, I learned to drive in an Opal Cadet. There you go. <laughs> my my dad was a serial Vauxhall buyer, which is is one of the reasons I have such deep antipathy for brands <laughs> and everything that it stands for. We used to have a rally, a rally Opel Ascona. Oh, that yeah, that's a nice machine. That's a, yeah, that's very good. So one of the other things that came out, which I think um, probably will be a useful tool for for FCA in the in the structuring of the merger over the next couple of weeks, Nick was um, they seem to be making money again. Yes, they do. It's um, the market seems to have recovered from. Uh, Obviously, the massive downturn it took for the uh, pandemic, everything shutting down. Um, they've, I think they had uh, Q3, they had total sales of about a million cars, which was, it was actually 3% down overall. Um, but they seem to have uh, got the profit up, which is, which is good. It's, um, I think it's twice, twice what they were expecting for that period. So. It did, did look as a, a quite a lot of that came from North America rather than uh, rather than European brands, but still. Yeah, well, I think that's where obviously the the pickups are where they make the money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The big, the big Ram and Jeep, items, Ram and so. Jeep that, that yeah. drive the revenue. But I saw Alfa Romeo sales were up year on year in Q3 as well, which is incredible, just stunning. I don't know how they've done it. I think the technology in the new model year cars attracted people, uh, but they've not been discounted to heck either. So. Uh, so that, that's so, so, sales were up, unit sales were up in Europe, Middle East, I think, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's remarkable. Really that's is. But I mean, whether it continues or not with the uh, the next uh, lockdown sweeping across Europe, obviously. So that's some of the, the actual that. news. There's also been a fair amount of, um, of fake news about David. Um, a lot of discussion about um, some some renders of the supposed Mito replacement. Oh, there's always renders, but um, yeah, it's the tricky one. This because um, if we go back some months, there was a there was a, albeit very unofficial, but insider um, insight that they were actually collaborating across Alfa Romeo and Jeep to create a new A segment car. So um, you know, it it was quite possible that there'd be an A or B meter replacement that was going to be based on the uh, jeep kid which was the new b segment platform uh, replacement for the renegade so there was a lot of sort of noise coming out of uh, insiders that did suggest um and i did believe that um you know they were far advanced than we might have thought it was way beyond render stage and they started assembling stuff and there was a already a full-scale um version with a almost complete interior so so it's not beyond the wit of man that they are or have been developing those things. I think the difficulty is that um, 
it's probably got paused as a result of COVID and the PSA merger and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just a really low priority now. So when you hear about these skunk works that happen in the factories, you never quite know if it's, you know, three or four people knocking up a, you know, a clay model, or if it's something much more tangible. So yeah, these renders are coming out fast and, uh, and furious at the moment, but mainly they are, they're based on, you know, voxel courses or little Skodas or something. And they, and they slap a Tonali front end on it and an alpha badge and they pretend it's a, an official render. So yeah, we have to be careful not to fall for it, but I did get some insight. Well, there was six or eight weeks ago that um, one of the renders not the ones that I've seen recently, was pretty close in terms of the proportions, but not in terms of the design. But the reality is, if you're doing a B segment or even an A segment, um, you know, render, they're all pretty much the same proportions. Yes, yeah. it's, it's all in the design. That, that's pr- so, pretty much what A or B segment means, isn't it? It's the yeah, size yeah, of the yeah, proportions exactly. of the gut. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I could probably knock up a render this afternoon. It would, it would look like my, you know, my dog had drawn it, but um, it, it it would have the right proportions of a B segment car. So um, yeah, it's tricky. I, I mean, I love seeing them, um, but actually it's more fun to watch everyone's reactions on Facebook because some people just say, Oh, I hate it, hate it. Make it go away. My eyes. And other people say, yeah, I'd, I would buy one. And then some people go absolutely ballistic. So uh, <clears throat> it's tricky because you don't want to sort of um, not see renders because it promotes engagement. Yeah. Equally, you don't want to see some of the terrible renders because they're just absolutely dreadful. I've seen, but uh, there we I've are. seen recently some of the Italian uh, online clubs uh, putting up pictures of 812 superfasts with cloverleaf wheels on and an alpha badge on the nose. It always makes me laugh at <laughs> yeah <laughs> wishful thinking yeah, although, although maserati did the same thing with the 6c and then launched it so true <laughs> <laughs> let's see what happens <laughs> the other thing that caught my eye in the last couple of weeks was the um the bat the bat profile uh, prototypes that um that bertoni did in the in the 50s that were um in london what october of last year i guess um was it that long ago yeah, I think it was. I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. was a while Before ago. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, finally going up for auction as a as a trio um, in Sotheby's a couple of days ago now um, with an expected price of between 14 and and 20 million. And, and they went for the low end of that, I guess, 14.8 million, which is, um, I guess it's a lot of money for for three non-drivable cars um, but but it was the other interesting thing was it was it wasn't a car auction it was a contemporary art auction yeah that's um, quite a thing isn't they it? are three three works of art mm, that's quite a thing i, 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 I was they kick, much more than that yeah i was kicking myself i i didn't even wait up because i could only go to 15 million and <laughs> didn't think i had yeah. a chance <laughs> no, you should have spoken. Should have spoken to us. We could have had a whip yeah. round and got it up to got out to fifteen and, and thirty quid. We worked something out with the affinity deal, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ring up Paul Jones. Let's. I'm find assuming out. they weren't taking part exchange. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I think, so, but it says something though, doesn't it? When um, cars are in a art auction. I think that's that's sort of, I mean, on the one hand, they are works of art. They're things of beauty. I love and adore them. On the other hand, that's the wrong sort of buyer, isn't it? You will never, ever see them again, will we? They'll just be locked well, away. I, I, I guess it, atten- it, 
it depends who went to the auction. There's nothing to stop a petrolhead going to an art auction, but yeah, yeah. I think it, it's def it's definitely a risk. Um, it's interesting though if you look at the history of them. Although they did actually turn out to be um, quite spectacularly aerodynamic, I think the best of them's got a, a drag coefficient of 0.19, which is is pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, they pretty much were works of art. I mean, they were they were sketches that were drawn based on how he thought aerodynamics worked and and to look pretty yeah and they he turned out to be you know pretty much spot on but they weren't you know there were no wind tunnels there was no um, there were no aerodynamicists involved in in crafting them it was it was gut feel and aesthetics yeah very hard. Oh, thing of beauty for sure the other area there's been quite a lot of news uh, over the last few days um is around uh, around F1 and, and motorsport in general, um, probably the the biggest news and a thing, uh, uh, something that a lot of us feared might not happen, uh, John, was the um, the re-signing of the deal with Sauber for yeah. at least one more year. That, that's quite surprising. I mean, uh, I think you and I, Guy, exchanged a bit of a, a witty, some witty remarks uh, by messenger the other day over F1 in general and I've got this general disappointment that Alpha's knocking around towards the back of the grid, but you rightly countered that. Look, this is this is the premium. This is the, the cream of motorsport, and and the way that uh, it projects it, itself around that gigantic global market. There's nothing else with cars, so it, it really is delightful to see them um, going ahead for another year, and and hopefully the car will get faster, of course. But uh, there's there's clear signs that you know there's there's proper Sauber link up. Uh, we're seeing the GTAM getting its uh, getting into their aero uh, guys' hands and, and being tweaked, um, which is which is great for when that one launches. Um, plus, you know, there's more and more interest, isn't there? The, the only thing I'm slightly disappointed disappointed in is uh, it looks like Mick Schumacher is not going to join the team. However, because I think that would have just brought no end uh, more interest. But I think at the same time, uh, that's that's good showing that Ferrari is backing its drivers. You know, one of the two Alfa Romeo seats is, is basically belongs to Ferrari's academy. So we've got Giovinazzi in it um, and they've stuck with him. You know, he, he clearly upped his game in recent Grand Prix. He's been doing really, really well. Uh, and I read that um, Mick's more than likely going to go into Haas now, uh, who are obviously doing really well. And Ferrari seem to be giving them uh, even more component tree, making Haas run quicker. Um, but he's going to be up against it because uh, they've got another of their academy drivers um, uh, lined up at Callum uh, Ilot, is it, I think, uh, in F2? Ilot, that's how you pronounce it, yeah. I don't watch the uh, GP2 as much as I, I should, or F2, I should say. It's F2 now, isn't it? Geo won the, was it 2016 uh, GP2 series? Um, but, uh, yeah, a little bit disappointed that we won't be seeing Mick in the, being a, a huge Michael Schumacher fan myself, um, but still, it's great that we're going ahead into 2021. I think that removing Grosjean from the house will speed it up as well, won't it? <laughs> or probably, <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> going sideways. Yeah, and, I, and when when we were having the the conversation online, John, that the I think the two things that kind of stand out to me. One is that I think Alpha have done a lot more than just. Um, the relationship with Sauber. So if you watch the Sky coverage 
they sponsor the coverage. Yeah. So there's there are Julia and Stelvio adverts at every ad break. Incessantly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the intros and outros from, from every break, which I think helps with the reinforcing the brand. And and I think for most people who aren't dyed in the wall motorsport fans, you know, most of the most of the F1 global audience, they kind of think it's a meritocracy. So anybody who's in F1 is there because they're good and yeah. therefore they're the top 10 teams manufacturers in the world and alpha's in in the top 10 and i guess the other part of it you know talking about haas and and ferrari is there's very little between those three teams this year so yeah. if you yeah, think about brilliant. the problems that that alfa romeo have had this year they've mostly been the same problems that the other two teams have had and they're true they're marinello problems rather than hinwell problems really that's true and a whole but hang on last weekend wasn't it fantastic seeing kimmy on the first lap going past people just brilliant <laughs> that was so exciting yeah. <laughs> he was on the right tires it was all hooked up and blimey he was driving well 41 now got past charlie in the ferrari as well didn't yeah he? yeah yeah that was amazing and it was a, it was a combination because i mean he got <clears throat> Officially, he got up to six, didn't he? But he was, yeah, he had his nose ahead of Verstappen at one point. He yeah, was, he, did. he was fifth <laughs> in my eyes, albeit only for a couple of hundredths of a second. But he's great. Yeah, you know, everybody says it was the tyres, but Verstappen was on on the You're right. tyres as well. You're right. You're so right. He, he managed to get up with him. I think it was it was partly the tyres. It was partly the the track conditions with the the drizzly rain coming yeah. down. I think he's just got such incredible natural car control he's brilliant and what, what i like is he, he's doing it because he loves it he says he's not you know he's going to hang his helmet up when he feels he's not up to it and you know 41 keep going my son fantastic only kimmy at the end of that would turn around and say well i wonder what the other drivers were doing exactly yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was lucky enough to meet kimmy and uh, antonio last year in abu dhabi have a chat sit down and have a chat with them as you do absolutely incredible yeah i mean it's uh, <laughs> i still can't quite believe it but i mean kimmy's not monosyllabic as he as he comes across obviously in real life he's not like that and mm -hmm. antonio is it's just like he's got his hand plugged in the socket really yeah you know, <laughs> absolutely he doesn't stand still he's they, they really were just reminded me like of an old dog and a young puppy you know? <laughs> but, I think yeah. the experience that they they have and they do make a good team together. Yeah, absolutely. That, that yeah. and of course we should we should refer to him as um, Alfa Romeo driver photo competition judge Antonio Giovinazzi. Yes, is, absolutely, absolutely. His most important achievement. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Certainly this year. <laughs> are you are you planning to still call him that? For the next few years, I mean, this is just going to run and run. He's he's not going to ever not have been enough from our drive photo competition judge, is he? So, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure it's on his CV. So yeah, fair enough. We'll keep it going as long as we can. I, the, the other thing you touched on, John, which is kind of the the flip of all this, and and another thing that gets debated incessantly online, is you know that whether this is an Alfa Romeo team or whether it's a Sauber team with some stickers on, and mm. I think the the interesting thing about the the GTA GTAM project, not only are they using the um, the wind tunnel and using the drivers as as test drivers, although I think that was a little bit of a, a publicity stunt yeah. stuff they did at Bellocco. Um They're actually manufacturing a lot of the components for the GTA and GTAM at yeah. Sauber at Sauber Engineering, so it's not just design input. And actually, if you look at the the relationship between the factory and Auto Delta before Auto Delta was 
absorbed into you know the main body of of alpha it's a very similar relationship yeah. they're making some components they're running the team you know it's 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 a kind of 2020 version of the 1960s auto delta yeah I, i've i've adjusted my thinking around that too and uh, it was it was interesting that the i hadn't realized the f1 edition julia and stelvio that we saw uh, summer 2019 the components on that were manufactured by sauber i thought it was just a you know a paint and stickers job but uh, and similarly that there was a delay in the delivery of those machines because the parts were so tricky to make um, but I gather they're they're with people now, you know, well over a year on. But I'm still yet to see one on the roads in the UK. Though my local dealer did have two in um, uh, about three months ago, but it, it was high COVID, so I never got to physically see them. But look forward to seeing them uh, properly. Yeah, there were three in the press garage when I went to pick up my um, my loan model year 2020 Stelvio. Just looking, to, oh, right, too yeah. too prepped for either customers or the press. And the third one bas basically yeah. shrink-wrapped um, from a delivery from Inwell. <laughs> I think we should go full nerd mode, because I know Sabah, who's a club member and uh, sales guy at uh, Research Garage in Nuneaton, um, uh, one of the guys ordering it for his Stelvio, he was utterly distraught that it didn't have the Pirelli-coloured logo and stripes on the tyres. So Sabah went and got that done for him. Uh, trouble was, I think it took him two weeks. And then he curved it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oops, <laughs> back in again. Yeah, and, and and not quite at the other end of the scale, David. Um, the um, the Scuderia Mito race car returned to the tracks in in Alton Park a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think, uh, and I, mean, I think it's entirely appropriate that we we talk about the Mito in the same in the same section as we talk about Formula One and hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a tricky year, hasn't it? Because um, the Alfa Romeo Championship got really scuppered at the beginning of the season. So all, all we've really had the whole season is basically five events, five race weekends, and um, and we missed the first. Well, we missed the first one at Snetterton. Um, it, we just weren't ready. And, and it still felt like we were just coming out of lockdown. And I, it was hard for me because, of course, the car lives in, in Scotland, doesn't it? So so to get those guys to come a long distance uh, when we're still in the middle of the pandemic, it just felt a bit awkward. I didn't really I didn't really want to push them on that. Um, Festival Italia, um, we had neither a driver nor a car for that. Um, so, yeah, we went to Alton Park a few weeks ago and did OK, actually. But I mean, the Mito. It, it runs really well in the wet and I've got to be honest that really worked in my favor because we've only got one set of slicks left and, and, <laughs> and they've probably only got one race left in them so <laughs> truthfully I was really hoping that um, it absolutely chucked it down at, at Alton Park or chucked it down at Silverstone the next race because I because I only had I've only got slicks for one dry day um, but got loads of life left in my wet so yeah we did really well we've got uh, Matt Daly driving it who um who will be familiar normally seen in his yellow 145 um so he's a very oh, yeah. experienced driver and he like all the drivers it's been tough this year because it's a lot of the drivers in the championship get you know some of their funding through sponsorship by local companies you know just small local companies and you'll see yeah. a lot of the cars with you know skip lorry adverts and things like that that's how we fund our way through a season and without that it's really really hard so of course 
a lot of the drivers just didn't have the heart to go to those companies and ask for money this year. It's just so I think people have have sort of underestimated the effect on motorsport. Although we've restarted motorsport, albeit in a smallish way, uh, most of the drivers are really, really struggling. And unless you know, there are a few drivers who are just minted, um, but most of the normal guys. They need the odd 200 quid here and 200 quid there from local companies. And those local companies are either not in a position to pay it or the drivers are not in a position to ask. And that's where that's where we found ourselves with Matt Daly. Um, yeah. Matt's got a perfectly good 145, but um, yeah, he didn't have the heart to go to his sponsor to, to fund him through it. So I said, yeah. well, look, I've got a car here and I haven't got a driver, so I'm sure we can work something out, which we did. So we did. We had great fun at Alton Park. The other place people may be familiar with Matt Daly from, and, and his yellow car indeed, um, is from the virtual racing series. Um, Matt's actually leading that um, uh, by quite a margin, actually, at the moment. Um, but the, the more interesting battle with that is the one behind him. Um, so if you remember, the the incredible prize for the winner um, is to, to take part in the opening race of next season's Alpha Racer Championship, um, on, on, in a real car Blimey. on a real track um, and, and Matt's not eligible for that because he's already a, a competitor in the championship so that battle's being fought between um, Andrew Whitehead and Colin Cuniff uh, who are I think Andrew's currently 12 points ahead um, in terms of the, the normal points system uh, but we have a because people can't make every round we drop six scores from the championship and if you take the drop scores so far into account, Colin moves ahead by 10 points. So it's, it's really, really close. Um, we've done 12 of the 20 rounds so far, I think uh, 22 of 30 races. I have to sort of pass on everyone's thanks to you for the virtual racing, because <clears throat> I, don't think I don't think anybody really realises the amount of effort that has to go in on a day-to-day -day basis, late at night, sorting out the servers, sorting out the racing and all that stuff. So mm. I, I'm really conscious that um, there's loads and loads and loads of members involved in this. And um, for those for those of us like me who's rubbish at it and, and wouldn't be very uh, a good competitor, it, it's hard for people outside to see the amount of work that goes into it. But I, I am sort of constantly aware when I see you streaming and I see the discussion in the chat and I see the drivers you know, some drivers delighted because they won and some drivers really angry because you because they came forth or whatever it was. You know, you're, you're sort of right in the middle of it and you take the brunt yeah. of everything. So, yeah, well, I, you know, just 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 to make the point, Guy, we're hugely grateful for the amount of time and effort you put into that. Yeah, thanks. Well, the reality is that nobody else is going to put on a, a series like this for an old duffer like me. So <laughs> yeah, right. there's a, there's a, degree, there's a degree of selfishness involved in this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we should also... Yeah. Um, you know, without doing horrible advertising, we should also mention Paul Plant and the guys at Bianco because that prize is unbelievable. We're it actually is. giving uh, an ordinary member of the public who happens to be a member of the Alfa Romeo Owners Club um, a chance to sit in and race and participate in the first launch event of the 2021 season of the Alfa Romeo Championship in a real car provided by Bianco and 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 supported by their team. So in terms of prizes... This is kind of second to none when you want to do sim racing or any sort of virtual racing, yeah. I think. Some, some, like some, some money involved in that. That's fantastic. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And it, it, um, it does give us a bit of a challenge for, for next year. So we're in the, the process of planning what the follow-on series or series are going to be 
uh, from from January, but uh, I'm not sure we'll be able to top that as a prize. Oh, I don't know. Perhaps we'll, perhaps we'll stick them in a meto. And in the ever-changing COVID landscape, we do need to have some alternatives to pub meets and drive-outs. It's challenging. Um, it's, it's really good that there are the, the online things for members to do. Um, Nick hosts no end of Zoom sections, uh, Zoom meetings for sections around the country. Uh, I know uh, all four of us are involved in that uh, uh, now and again, doing little talks and, and chatting to the members. Um, uh, and, and that's fun. That's fun. But of course, it's not for everybody. A lot of people are scared of the technology um, and uh, and some people are a little bit weary of it as well. I mean, we've done five in the East Midlands and they've been generally well attended. But uh, but even those we've seen the same guys coming back to it and not pulling more people in. I think, you know, I'm, I'm recording this now um, sat at my normal workstation and, you know, it's a proper busman's holiday. If I do a Zoom of an evening, you know, I'm doing it all day virtually. <laughs> um, so, but it is keeping people together and people are enjoying it. So I don't want to do it down. Uh, there's a load of effort being put in by people coming up with quizzes and getting speakers involved and, and so on. And, and that's good. And I think that's what we're going to have to keep doing for a bit longer yet. Obviously, the clocks have changed mm. recently as well. So I think that's going to uh, bring back or hopefully rejuvenate some interest in the Zoom meetings. Yeah, it probably will. During the summer, people were, did have the opportunity to go out and meet people. So I think... I think the Zoom meetings will take off again. So they're not they're not for everyone, and they but they are better than nothing. I think. So that's a... Well, and you've you've seen mine enough times now that I'm going to get you to do it the next time. Yes, I do. <laughs> he must he must have seen mine six seven times. I think I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm even getting interested in detailing now. I'm getting a bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's been through detailing at least twice now as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sure something that a lot of the members have thought about and, and maybe concerned about events have always been a, a big part of our income um you know the, and and a reason for for being a member so is it possible to give a bit of an update on on where the club is in terms of membership and finances and uh, with with the impact of of this very unusual year yes it, indeed I mean, we, we obviously in february march april time um had concerns that uh, membership levels wouldn't hold up um i think that was justified uh, concerns as well um but in fact they have uh held up very well we're we're probably going to end up um the end of the year at 120 members down overall um but the, interestingly, the lapse percentage is actually down as well, which is good news. I think the difference, you always get some people leaving anyway because they've sold their alpha or et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we haven't had the opportunity to top up the membership through events. So I think that's, that's a, is obviously the difference in it. So it's not, uh, it's not too bad. And obviously our main income is through membership subscriptions. So that means the finances have held up well John Timms, our finance director, adjusted the budget early on in all of this, and uh, we're ahead of the budget. But um, budget could be whatever, so it's not that saying you're ahead of it doesn't actually mean that much. But I mean, overall, we should be ahead of break even financially come the end of the year. So it's um, it's yeah, it's good. It's not not as as we'd have 
like to plan it if we're having this conversation this time last year, obviously. But overall, we've done very well, I think. And uh, I would just add that our our lapse percentage rate is, as I said, it dropped. It's it's way below a lot of other car clubs now, which is good news. That's really good. And and again, yeah. for your membership, you, you can't go to events, but um, the club in general has upped its game on a load of fronts. I mean, we've got podcasts, virtual racing, load more discount schemes. The magazine's been bigger for the last two editions. Loads of good content in that. Again, thanks, Guy, for pulling all that together. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of other reasons for being a club member than going to, to meetings. And we did manage that fantastic gathering at Stoner Park as well, you know, um, in September. So we've managed to do it where we can. Um, I've been to, I think, four outdoor section events this year, uh, which is better than nothing. And, and when we were in kind of April time, I thought, my goodness, when is it ever going to start again? So, you know, we're gearing up for next year and getting events going proper again. But uh, fingers crossed on that. Yeah, I think we had, what, four fairly major events covered in the last magazine, which earlier in the year I, I was sceptical we'd ever cover, you know, a 2020 event at all. So to have half the, the issue yeah. filled with event reports was was a pleasant surprise you know we're definitely planning that we are running spring alpha day at yorkshire wildlife park in the new year so um i, I know it's really awkward and it's difficult to plan for anything and every time you look at the news every day something or something else horrific is happening and the numbers are going in the wrong direction and so on but we we have to sort of plan on the basis that there will be a way out of it and i think us booking events and planning for the you know the best outcome is the right approach and we work with just as we work with stoner we're working with yorkshire wildlife park already in terms of how do we make this happen then so almost whatever the regulations are as long as we can travel to the area um you know yorkshire wildlife park has got acres and acres of space so if we have to do a, a really spaced out event and so on then we'll do that so we'll, we'll do absolutely everything we can to work um, within the guidelines of course but to make events happen for those people who do want to do it and, and it's not for everybody. Some people won't want to, will they? But um... Stone Stoner Park said to uh, beginning early in the year when we started organising Southern Alpha Days, they did say, you know, "Just be aware that this, this COVID will come back in the winter." And they, for them, it was quite obvious it was going to happen. So they were running events while they could. Um, that's happened obviously but this week i see donnington have announced their historic festival the silverson classic have got a date out for their silverson classic tickets are on sale for all those so people are pushing ahead with events for next year and i can only i can only base that on the fact they think that we'll be able to hold it at that period so as david says with spring alpha day i think we'll, we should be okay hopefully and we've got the uh, NEC trying to promote the Practical Classics uh, show and, uh, and other indoor events uh, too. So, you know, there's things happening there. And Alpha UK are uh, still very keen to get behind uh, National Alpha Day in the summer. And we're shooting for the end of June for that uh, Vista Heritage. That's uh, fingers crossed again. You know, we, we've worked really hard, particularly Nick has, has worked hard to really improve the sort of the coverage of those benefits. So the affinity deal, we, we made a song and dance of our affinity deal when we launched that a few months ago. But the new pricings come in for the last quarter of this year. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, this affinity deal is on all Jeeps and all Alfa Romeo at any participating franchise dealer. And some of the, you know, the discounts, there is 
there's a range. We won't give too much away, but um, typically they'll range between 16 and 22-ish percent off. I mean, on some of the sort of, you know, frankly, the dearer cars, you're getting eight, nine thousand yeah. pounds yeah. off um, just for being a member of our club. So for your 40 quid a year, you get eight thousand pounds off. That's phenomenal. Snowmobile. I mean, there's the it is. And, and, and even some of the, the you know, the, the tail end of the Juliettas, even some of the Jeeps, my wife's, I've actually got my wife looking at Jeeps and she's been in an Audi forever. And I, I never thought I'd get, well, I may still not get her out of an Audi, but she's looking at the Jeeps. And again, you know, seven, eight thousand pound off a Jeep. Suddenly that's it's really phenomenal. appealing. So if you're going to finance a car, that's eight grand off, say, a 20 grand window that you're saving. So you're not financing yeah. 20 grand, you're financing 12 grand. I mean, I had, I've just got my yeah. Julia and I, I'd agreed a price. Um, and then the affinity deal came in and the additional saving, absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> I can't, I can't, exag I can't yeah, exaggerate I it. It's, it's incredible. No. So, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's, honestly, in terms of club benefits, it's unbeatable. I, of course, like everything, it's not for everybody. No, not everyone no. is in a position to buy a new Stelvio or a new Julia. We're very lucky if we're able to do those things. But for those who who are members, who are able to, um, why not? It's just a brilliant benefit. I, I'd also say this is going to boost sales. It will mean that there's more older ones down the line as well. There'll be more on the yeah. used market. And uh, the guys that are in, I don't know, you know 159s, uh, Julietas today, they, you know, there'll be more julius and stelvios to yeah. leap into yeah, come the time and, you know of course we're not going to drive thousands of sales yeah. but there'll be a good number yeah well good i, I hear there's already a good you know a couple of the dealers i've spoken to there is already you know we're talking about you know eight nine ten sales at one dealership as a direct result of this deal so i think i think we should be really proud actually because I, yeah. I you know some members will know it's been a long time coming but now it's here my goodness, we can really make a, a, a significant dent. We're not, as you say, we're not going to turn around the car market in the UK. No. But, um, you know, for, for one dealer to get six, eight, ten, you know, new deals off the back of the, you know, these these numbers really help these dealers. And again, they're, they're going through a difficult time as well. So I think, yeah, all around really positive. Just two other things to mention, of course. Halfords have just agreed to sign for another year from November. And, and this is a big thing for us because we we our members do give a significant volume to halfords um i think our members might be surprised at how much um sales our club gives to uh halford stores around the uk um there's an awful lot of noise out there that halfords are no longer going to do deals they're not going to partner with clubs it's, it doesn't make them any money but our relationship with halfords is absolutely superb they they know the benefits that they're giving to our members and they can also see the income that we're bringing to them so it's a it's an absolute win-win situation there was no hesitancy at all that halfords wanted to extend for another year and and so we're sorting out the practicalities now but i thought that was a really positive thing because i know we already had halfords yeah but um across the across the marketplace um, it is true that Halfords almost certainly won't extend all of their agreements because lots of them don't make them any money. Um, but for us, we are we are bringing really strong revenues for them. And there's no limit. You can just keep going back and buying and buying. And, you know, um, the, I, I think it's absolutely fabulous. I've always got them printed in my glove box and, and take them in with me. And I've never had any trouble with them. 
Um, but yeah, anything at all. There's no limit. You just rock up, fill a basket, show your thing, and, and away you go. It's brilliant. Great for Christmas. Mrs. Mrs. Yeah. Griffiths is very much looking forward to a new jet washer. It's <laughs> <laughs> not over again this, week, this year, John. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was last. That was last year. We should really put their virtual sponsorship on a faster car for the next uh, <laughs> the next series because they're stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck with me at the moment. One 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 tiny thing to mention. I say tiny. It's absolutely brilliant. Tainer batteries are now signed up in partnership with us. Tainer have a brilliant history. When you speak, there's two guys who launched this, and they're proper battery nerds, and I appreciate batteries aren't very sexy but in some of the older alphas they're really important and, and you know when the batteries start to fail on cars like the Mito, you get all sorts of trauma um tana batteries i did a um a thing a year or so ago a sort of a buyer's guide um to batteries for the Mito. that's how sad i am um and it didn't matter it didn't matter where i turned tana batteries always gave the best price and they and i'd spoken to them and i've spoken to them since they're proper battery nerds. You can actually phone them up and you'll speak to a person. It's a family business, um, but they've got huge stock volumes. Prices are already unbeatable. And then you get 10% off if you quote our discount code. So, so yeah, if anyone's thinking about um, batteries, particularly as we head into the cold winter nights and so on, you need to get keep your batteries on charge. They also sell charges and other things. But, um, yeah, have a look at the uh, member discounts on our website and look up Tainer Batteries. They're a brilliant little company, really nice people, um, and, and a discount for members. I'll mention Pirelli as well. Um, they've done another thing they've been doing during COVID are the uh, uh, special presentation evenings for club members over Zoom. And we've had three of uh, three editions through their Pirelli Performance Centre at Burton on Trent. And they, they really brought winter tyres to life uh, a week week ago for us over an hour, and uh, learned no end about that. I've got no idea about some of that technology. It was fascinating, and all done for nothing. And that these are the guys that are offering us um, cash back on on tyres at a discounted rate, and then I think it's gone up to a maximum one hundred and twenty pound cash back if you're on twenty inch rims. Uh, on any car it's not not going to be on an alpha either i mean it's fantastic brilliant. long may that continue and you can do that twice a year as well that's not well there you go no. i'll deliberately wear my tires out <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't be difficult in your new julia <laughs> <laughs> no no that's <laughs> superb so thanks for that gentlemen it's been obviously been a busy period a lot of a lot of news around um I know my my personal impending deadline is um, I've got an MOT coming up on the uh, on the spider in just over a month, so I'm starting to get ready for for my usual four figure spend on on that. Uh, David, what have you got planned for the rest of the year? I'm going to miss my uh, NEC pilgrimage. I've been doing that every year for donkeys years now, so I will miss that this year. Um, I've just had the Julia. Um, uh, ceramic coated so i'm going to be playing with polishes when the weather turns nice in the next week or so i'm not allowed to wash that for seven days so that's doing my head in um but i've also got my um my very old uh my well 2008 my mito press car i've got a red mito press car that one of the first ones in the uk and i went to get that out for southern alpha day and the clutch went and so i had so i did plan to take that to southern alpha day but i ended up going in a julia um so I've got I've fixed the clutch. I've got that out ready for a number of fixes because the MOT's expired on that now. So I want to get that back on the road. 
And then, yeah, that's probably it, actually. Oh, Davey Petty, who, who runs the Mito in the race, um, the race car, he's restoring my Alpha Sud. So um, once the race season's over, the plan was I'd make a few trips up there and we'd see how we're getting on. Um, that used to be easy because I'd just get a flight from Southampton down here up to Edinburgh and he's 30 minutes across the bridge from there. Whether I'll still be able to do that, I don't know. But anyway, I'm looking forward to that developing and that's about it, really. Nick? Yeah, I've had my 159 on Sawn since uh, April, which is the first time in since I've had it new in uh, 2007. That I haven't driven it for all that time, so it's, that's a bit odd. But the um, plan is to get that tax that again from beginning of November, um, get that on the road. Um, and, the, and the original plan, when I bought the Spider in uh, March, was to to swap them over, have one on the road, but I, I've accidentally taxed the spider yesterday. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, no one was looking. <laughs> I got in there, so uh, looks like I keep them both on the road for the moment anyway. So, yeah. Well, no, nobody That's needs me. to know this, but you can cancel your tax at any point now and get a refund to all but the end of a yeah, month. So I'm not don't, listening. Don't I'm, not listening, I'm yeah. not listening, guy. I'm not listening. Where's the uh, van? Have you sawned the van? No, they're still here. They're still taxed because I have to um, move it off my drive occasionally. So I have a double uh, garage um, and the van's always in the way. So I put that out that sometime, put it in the road. So, well, it's, 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 it's in a cold sacks, in a quite cold sacks. It's all right. But uh, I want six spider will fit in the back of a van, won't it? Can't you just use that as a yeah. third garage? <laughs> Good do, yeah. 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 And John? Yeah. So. My Julia is, its mileage is creeping up now. So with Julia Velocci, I haven't had it since the beginning of September. Put my own ceramic coating on it, which was mildly successful, but well, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the detailing expert, but I did a couple of cock-ups with that. <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, that that's on it. And uh, I'll, I'll do a little write-up for the magazine early in the new year about them, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm at the moment um, trying to get any opportunity I can to, to drive out on it, because I love the thing so much. It's, it's just terrific so but the mileage is creeping on it um but what i'm finding is that my trip to go and top it up with petrol is is now taking kind of 40 miles as i, t- as I go around around the local <laughs> roads which is terrific so, but that's how it should be with an alpha any excuse to drive in so we'll be doing that we'll be doing that yeah. and uh, brilliant well thank you everybody i mean our next round table is probably now going to be what middle of january um so we won't all get together as a as a round table for the podcast again this year. So uh, I'll take this opportunity to be, I, I suspect, the first person to wish you a, a happy Christmas and a happy new year. And um, <laughs> we'll all get back together in a couple of months' time. Yeah, thanks, guys. We look thanks forward to it. Good. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks again to the panel. And a reminder once more that the latest COVID guidelines are on the website. And hopefully we'll only have one more episode during this lockdown. Episode 19 will be available from iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Podbean and all other good podcast providers from 1.30 on the 22nd of November. In it, I'll be talking to club member and alpha salesman Sabah Ali about his passion for the brand and the challenges of selling cars in lockdown. Until then, stay safe. (laughs) 